0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app, available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We're going to start with the text. Romans 15.1 said, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples. That word scruples is really... A better word for that is the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. What I want to focus on is we then who are strong. And I want to talk a a bit with you about real strength and what real strength looks like. So let's pray and uh, and we'll, we'll jump into this. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful and so grateful for your goodness to us and for your mercy to us. Thank you that you've given us your word which reveals your thoughts and your intents and your life is in them. Lord, we just thank you tonight as we come, as we watch online, as we're here in person. Thank you for your anointing that, that breaks through and brings clarity. I thank you, Father, that our hearts are open and we're open to receive what you have because it changes us. And as we're changed, you're glorified in our lives. So we thank you for that. We expect to receive something from you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Romans 15:1. So then we who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. Now I need to ask a question. What does a strong person look like? Someone who is strong. Well, I, And I just, I just jotted down five things here. Characteristics of a strong person. Now obviously this is not an exhaustive list, but it's characteristics that we can understand. Here's the first one. With someone who can move things physically. There's physical strength. That's someone who can... can bear up under physical pressure someone who is strong different kinds of strength there's weightlifting strength there's people who are uh, endurance athletes that's strong but people who can bear up and move things and they're strong physically someone who is strong is someone who who can handle adversity and pressure without caving in a strong person is someone where they go through a difficult time a lot of times when you're when you're really strong People don't even know you're going through, and you you handle it. You don't cave in. You don't crater, and a strong person is able to do that. A strong person is someone who will take on a difficult task or assignment. How many of you know that you are stronger on the day where you look at your garage and go, I'm cleaning this bad boy out today? Or, you ever, or have you ever looked at your garage, or maybe it's a closet, or, or I, I know some of you are like, no, I'm just completely neat. I'm a, I'm a complete neat freak, and nothing is ever out of place. Well, good for you. Um, <laughs> but for the rest of us who, who have these areas that are not so neat, that closet that everything gets stuffed into, man, you know you're doing good when you, when you wake up and you go, I'm, I'm taking that closet on. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna clean it out. And so taking on a difficult task or a difficult assignment is a sign of strength. Someone who is um, not dependent on others is someone who's strong. I didn't say someone who doesn't have, I didn't say a lone ranger. I'm just saying someone who doesn't depend on somebody else for their happiness is someone who's strong. And someone, so the, the, the more independent you are, I don't, I don't need I don't need you to make me happy. I don't need you to to fulfill me. Y'all got quiet. <laughs> uh, that's strength. It takes strength to do that. And how often do couples enter into marriage, both of them looking for someone to, to give them something? And you know, I think it's what is it? Joe McGee calls it: two ticks on a dead dog. It's. Uh, <laughs> He said, "There's no life there." And, and I'm sorry. Do you, you not like that one? Hey, we we need to get something straight right here. If you don't like anything I say, you may not come up here and slap me.
1: Because
0: <laughs> I will hit you back. And then, then, before you get out of here, I got some old boys here who are not that far from where they came in. They will whoop you before you get out. Just so we're clear. Best thing I've seen in the Oscars in 20 years, but that's a... Someone who is strong is, is someone who takes responsibility for their life and their actions. Someone who is strong says, I'm going to take responsibility. So that's what a strong person looks like. Now let me ask you a question. What does a strong Christian look like? Paul wrote, he said, we who are strong. So he evidently is saying that there's some of us who are strong. And he's talking to the church. He's writing to the church. And so we who are strong. Well, I don't think he was talking about people who are strong physically. He was talking about people who are strong spiritually. People who are strong Christians. But it's a good question. What does a strong Christian look like? And so I, I want to I go through some yes and no things because I, immediately some things come to mind for people on what a, Christian looks, a strong Christian is. But then Paul gives us a list, and we'll get to it tonight. He gives us a list of, of some characteristics that are strong. And so but let's answer that question. What does a strong Christian look like? I think a, a lot of times people say someone who reads their Bible, yes no it's not a trick question actually it's a yes and no question it's 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 yes and no someone who reads their bible you say well yes here's the yes part it's foundational for strength reading your bible is foundational for strength i will say this and i will i will say it without apologizing you're not going to be a strong christian without reading your bible Four amens and a couple of grunts, but that's. that's uh, <laughs> you're, you're not going to be a strong Christian without. It. I didn't say you're not, maybe not a strong person or a strong individual, but in terms of being a strong Christian, you're not going to be a strong Christian without reading your Bible. I didn't say you have to read it hours a day, but you, ha- you have to begin to read your Bible. You say, well, Alan, are you going to stop camp out here? I thought I would. Um, because I, it, I, I would like to see you strong. Because the Bible said we who are strong can bear with the weaknesses of the weak. The idea is the stronger we are, the more of a blessing we are to other people. True? Yes. Well, just think about it from a financial standpoint. How many of you know that when you have children that live under your roof and you, roof, and you are paying for them, that's one thing. But it's a whole different thing when they get out from under your roof and they're taking care of their own bills on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. That's a blessing, right? While they're under your roof, they're under under your authority and you're, and you're paying for things. But then they get strong enough where they're producing revenue on their own and they're paying their own bills. That's a different position. That's, that's strength. And so the stronger you are, the more you can do. The stronger you are financially, the more you can do for other people. It's true. Because, hey, listen, we've been there. I've been there where I've wanted to do things and couldn't. And, you know, wanted to do something for somebody, really wanted to help somebody, couldn't do it. And I've also been at the place where I could help somebody that's in need, and that's a great blessing. And so people have a problem with prosperity. If you understood prosperity, you wouldn't have a problem with it. Because if you understood that it's not just for you to heap up stuff for yourself, but for you to be a blessing to someone else and have the freedom to be a blessing, then you understand that prosperity really is financial strength. And financial strength helps the body of Christ. Right now we have a, a, a pastor who called us from um, Romania. His name is Daniel Matai. Daniel is a pastor we've supported for years. And uh, he's in Romania. And, and he called, left me, I missed him on, on the phone call, but he called, left me a message. He said, he said, we have refugees coming in from the Ukraine and they're coming to the church and they're taking care of them at the church. Some of them are going on, some of them are staying. Here's, here's what we're going to do as a church We're going to send them fifty thousand dollars to help them funnel in some of these refugees that are coming, so so they can help. If we were not strong financially, we could not do that, right? If we could not pay our bills, we're, we're going to just we're going to tell Daniel, hey, we're praying for you. Be blessed. But because we're stronger financially as a church, because we have people that give, because the Lord's been faithful to us, we can do something with that. And so the the strength we're talking about, and and so spiritual strength, if you're stronger spiritually, then you have the ability to help someone else. What happens is sometimes we're just trying to take care of us. We're like, Alan, I can't take care of anybody else. Man, I'm just, I'm barely surviving. I got one nostril above the water and I'm just, and there's a wave coming and I just don't know if I'm going to. Make it Well, you want to get to the place where you don't just have a nostril above water where you're on top of the water and you're dragging other people up and helping them. We who we are strong. Help the weak. So strength is something not just for us. It's for others. But Acts 20, let me go back to Acts 20:32. Now, So now, brethren, I commend you to God. This is Paul writing to the church. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So he says, God's word is able to build you up because God's word is spiritual food. But here's the thing. Yes, reading the Bible make you a stronger Christian. Yes and no. Yes, we got to read it. We've got to know what it says. But then not only knowing what it says, we have to put it into practice. So in other words, we can, we, we can hear it, but we have to begin to do it. When, anybody remember when you first learned to drive? You have to read those manuals. You just give those, those driver's manual. You have to read the manual, the driver's manual. How I many of you would want to drive with someone who says, I have read the driver's manual. <laughs> and you go, hey, that's, that's great. Have you ever been in a car? No, no, but I have read the manual. <laughs> well, darling, you're not driving with me. Or I'm gonna be the one that's driving because I because you, you don't have the you haven't taken what you've read and put it into practice yet. Now, this is not Alan talking, this is James talking, this is James one. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. He's not talking necessarily about salvation there he's talking about your your soulish your mind your emotions your soulish realm being saved by receiving god's implanted word but be doers of the word not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty god's word and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does so the scriptures are just real clear it's saying this we don't just hear it you say well I thought you just wanted us to read our bible yeah but but we read with the intent to do we read with the intent to put into practice because it said if you hear and don't do you're self deceived I'm trying to be as nice as I can about this. But if we're hearing God's word and we never put it into practice, then you're kidding yourself thinking that things are going to change. True? Yes. And so what, ha- and what happens is, and you know this and I know this, you know people who have read their Bibles and read their Bibles, but you can't tell it. <laughs> we did a, they've got me on TikTok now. I'm not dancing. I'm not, no, you don't want to see my bow leg itself dancing on TikTok. <laughs> that would get way too many hits.
1: <laughs>
0: way too many. Do you know the biggest one, you know the biggest, tick, I, hate, I hate to say this, the biggest TikTok we've response, we've had, I think, 23,000 people have seen this one. They're like, great, Alan, what pearls of wisdom did you share to hit 23,000? What version of the Bible should I read? I'm like, really? That's it? What version? And uh, here's what's interesting. We got some people giving us fits because I suggested other translations other than the King James Version. Have you ever ever met any of those King James only people? They're such a blessing. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, you guys are trolling me because I suggested the New International Version and said the, the NLT, I basically said this, find a version you like and read it. And I mean, you'd have thought I'd blaspheme. People giving us fits about that. Well, I, got, I got news for you, Sparky. If you're gonna read the King James Bible, act like you read the King James Bible <laughs> and be nice about it. It's not, that ain't worth arguing about, but some people are like, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Think about that one for just a little bit. But... <laughs> That's a delayed reaction. Like, I don't think Jesus used that version. No, he didn't. He... <laughs> we have to put in practice what we've heard. So, will reading the Bible make you a strong Christian? Reading the Bible is foundational. That's a starting place. But It's a starting place because then we have to take what we have read and begin to put it into practice. And so we begin to practice it. And I love the word practice because practice does not imply perfect. Practice implies practice, which means we'll try it and might make mistakes, and guess what? We get up and go again. And so it's a great place to start. It is not, it's not the end goal, being a strong Christian. How about this one? Being a strong Christian is someone who goes to church. Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> How many of you know people who've been in church all their life and as mean as a snake? Don't raise your hand and don't point (laughs) at anybody. Yes and no. Here's the the yes part. The yes part is it is obedient to the scriptures. Let's go to Hebrews. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Leave it up there just for a second. Here's the thing about church. Here's the thing about attending church and going to church. We have an opportunity when we come in to consider one another and stir up one another. You come in, you sit, and you go, oh yeah, we were at that outreach and we were just so blessed and we did something and you, you look at someone, I'm going to do that next time and you, it stirs us up. Plus when we come together, we rub up against one another and we learn from one another, and we bless one another. One of the biggest things that we realize is, in Christians, we need to have each other. There needs to be a group. You come in on Wednesday night, you've had a week that's just been the week from hell. It is nice to come in and look around and go, thank God someone else believes in God besides me. Thank God there's other people, and we're able to stir one another up, and not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together. you can't serve unless you're here. In terms of serving in the church, you can serve outside. But when we come together, we can worship together. Oh, hey, listen, And I, I, I'm so grateful for our online, and I'm glad for everyone that's online. If you can get here, get here. The experience is better. Amen. Being here is better. If someone came to me, I, there's a basketball game coming up. Duke is playing North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. It's going to be epic. If someone came to me and said, Alan, would you like tickets or would you like to watch it on television? I'm like, I would like tickets. <laughs> Provided they're good tickets. I just wanted to be in the nosebleed section. They said, I got tickets. You'll be at half court. I'm in. I'll let Joey preach. I'm in. I'm gone. <laughs> it's a great experience. And so being here, we stir one another up. It's a yes. Someone who goes to church is strong. Yes, because it's in line with God's plan for his people. Here's the deal, guys. Pastors did not think up the idea of church. Not my idea. God's idea. God's plan. Ephesians, four chapter. He himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we come together. The whole purpose is that we're to edify, we're to to build you up. You should leave here stronger than how you came in. And you should leave here more equipped to do the work of ministry, which is the work we have of doing the work of God in the kingdom of God until he comes back. So equipping, building up, it's, it's done. That's God's plan. He's the one that ordained that. His plan. So that's a Yes. Yes, about obeying the scriptures. Yes, in line with God's plan. No, because it's not just what we hear, but what we do. I'm going to say something, and it's going to sound a little, it may sound a little controversial. Going to church is not the end goal of your Christianity. I'm going to say that again. Going to church is not the end goal. Church is an equipping place. Church is a strengthening place. Church is an enlightening place, but it's to enlighten us because how many of you know we don't live here? We live out there and we leave here. And so the idea is church is to get you stronger and build you up so that you're able to take church out to your neighborhood and church to where you work. And you take a a life with God beyond these walls. Does that make sense? And so if you think, well, you know, I'm a Christian Christian. I go to church, I've done my duty. No, no, no. Church is to help you, strengthen you, equip you, get you ready to handle the world so you can live differently than other people and they can say, what is it about you that's different? You say, the Lord's made a difference in my life. Would you like to come to church with me? And you bring them. That's, 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 now. Y'all are really good golf clapping tonight. I I just... (laughs) But, but here's the deal. If you, think, if you think that church is the end goal, then, you, then your Christian life, you're just like, okay, I'll go. And then what happens is people get bored. They get bored with church and they're like, well, you know, Pastor Allen, you don't feed me anymore and I need to go somewhere where it's deep. <laughs> I gotta, I'm not even going to say anything about that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Listen, if you're bored, it's because you're not doing anything. You can only intake so much. Okay, experiment. Everyone take a breath. Now take another one. Now take another one. (laughs) One more. At some point in time, you got to exhale. You can only take in so much. So church is the idea is is to fill you up so you can take it out there. Does that make sense? Some of you are looking at me like a blasphemed. Looking at me like, bless God, Ellen, I just came to church. I thought I've done all my duty. <laughs> well, you, you're off to a good start. But, but the idea is we take what we hear, we put it into practice, and then we become a blessing to the people on the outside. Well. Yeah. I think I'm going to get one of those little signs that that, that says applause. <laughs> or then one that says amen and then one that says that's right. So when you see the sign that's when y'all go, yeah, that's right. That's right. No, here's here's the here's the thing. I don't, I don't want you thinking that going to church is the end goal. Going to church is where you get helped so that you're able to live a stronger life. When you live a stronger life, you're able to be a blessing to people around you. And, the, and the, listen, guys, the end goal is that we're able to help people around us. There are people who are watching you right now. Maybe in your work, in your neighborhood, they're watching you. They're watching how you handle things. And you'll be surprised at the people who watch you, and they're hoping you can make it as a Christian because that will give them hope. And so, so church, not the end goal, it's part of it, part of the plan. Or read, is, is reading the Bible a strong Christian? It's, it's foundational, but it's not the only thing. Going to church, will that make you a strong Christian? It's foundational, it's not the only thing. How about this? How about becoming more like Jesus? That's a yes. Yes. That's a yes, yes. The word Christian is, um, was first started being used, we saw it in the book of Acts. It was actually first used as a negative phrase. And the, the people who were, who were worshiping other gods and the heathen, they would call people Christians. Because they were followers, it meant a follower of Christ. Christians, followers of Christ, that's what we are. And followers of Christ, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a strong thing. Someone who looks like Jesus is a good Christian. We're called to look like him. 1 John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him, or is connected to him, abides in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. We're followers of Christ. I don't know if you've ever said that about yourself, but that's a good thing to say. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. He is, he's He's my hero. He's my example. He's the one we follow. But when I say we want to look more like Jesus, that's something that kind of sends people off a little bit like, how does that work? How's that work in in 2022? How's that work that I look more like Jesus? Do I need to kind of like move in slow motion? And say things like, bless you, my son. Bless you, my daughter. No, that's weird. (laughs) Following Jesus will not make you weird. Following Jesus means that his character and his life begins to show up in us. It doesn't mean we wear a long robe. It doesn't mean that we speak in King James English. (laughs) I love y'all, just saying. Um, What it it means is we begin to show Christ's like character. As a follower of him, I want to be like him. We say, well, how, 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 am I, how am I going to do that? I'm glad you asked. In Romans, those of us who are reading, I know all of us are, reading Bible 365, we just read Romans chapter 12. It's a wonderful chapter. In Romans chapter 12, he begins to give some instructions about what does, what does looking more like Jesus, because we'll say that. I, I just want to be more like Jesus. Well, what's that mean? I don't quite know. We want to be more like Jesus, but we don't know what it looks like. Yes. Hey, I'm, I'm there. I understand that. So how do we, if we're gonna look more like Jesus, what does that look like? And people are like they have this kind of this weird idea. I just, you know, very calm. I'm just calm, like Jesus. I speak in a whisper. <laughs> no. Let's read a few chapters. In, in Romans chapter 12, he, he begins to give outlines of, of actions, behaviors. And what he's giving us is Christ-like behaviors. And so, and, instead of saying, I, I, trying to mentally grasp, how do, I, how do I look more like Jesus? He gives us the, a checklist, a measurement, a way to do it. It'll cover three areas. How you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ. How you act when no one is looking. How you treat people who oppose you. Like my lovely King James only folks. (laughs) Three areas. How you you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ. How you act when no one's looking. And how you treat people who oppose you. Y'all sure you want this? That was four of you. But we want to know, how do we do this? So here's something. Here's the first one. We start with, how do you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ? we am going to read this out of Romans. Let's read this, and we'll probably have to go more into this next week. Romans 12. Uh, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Giving to hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Let me read that to you from uh, the New Living Translation. I feel like it, it kind of brings it into understandable English. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. One translation says, outdo one another in showing honor. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. He's talking about, remember, we're talking about Christ-likeness. We're talking about looking more like Jesus. We're talking about being a strong Christian. What does a strong Christian look like? See, it's not just someone who can quote scripture. Quoting scripture is good. I really encourage it. But it's more to it than that. And so we're going to talk about that. And this first one, he starts off, and he starts off with love. Now, he starts off with love. When I say love, I'm not talking about the, the love that people think of love. It's love is some physical attraction. Love is some, um, it's, a, it's a romantic thing. Love is, I just, I just love. We use that word so much. The word love he uses here is, is agape. and Agape is God's willful, it's a God kind of love. It's a willful doing what's best for man. Not necessarily what man needs or wants. Let me rephrase that. God doing what's best for man, not necessarily what man desires. How many of you know it's parents? Sometimes, because we love our children, we have to do what's best for them, not necessarily what they want or desire. Hey, I need you to eat your food. Hey, I don't want to eat food. I'd like to eat gummy bears and drink Coke. Well, no, we're not going to have gummy bears and Coke. What we're going to have is we're going to go ahead and eat some of this hamburger, and then we're going to have some salad, and, and then a little bit of macaroni and cheese. Oh, I don't want that. I want gummy bears and Coke and donuts. And as a good parent, you don't look at them and go, well, I love them. I love them. Honey, go get them some gummy bears
1: <laughs>
0: and some Coke and, and, some, and some donuts. That's going to work for a couple of days. And then they're going to be like in a sugar coma. And uh, you haven't helped them. And so as a parent, what we do is, I'm going to do what's best for you. I love you, so I'm going to do what's best for you. Not necessarily what you desire, but what's best for you. God did what was best for us. That's what love. love, we've, We've made love too much of a feeling. When the Bible says love one another. We're going to do what's best for one another. We're going, to do, we're going to make a willful decision to do what's best for them. And guys, listen. This is what Jesus said was his number one commandment. John 13. This is Jesus talking. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Leave it up there just for a second. How are they going to know we're his disciples? Because we have a fish on the back of our car. <laughs> I can tell you that wouldn't work for my car. But, uh, but, um, uh, uh, how, but, but because we carry a big Bible around. Because we can quote scripture. Jesus said they're going to know that you're my disciples, that you're my followers because of how we treat one another. And love for one another. Now I'm talking to a church that's a very loving church. You guys do a good job. I really believe anybody can walk through our doors and, and feel like, hey, they, they accept me here. They're loving to me. That's exactly what we're talking about. But not just anyone that walks in, how we treat one another how we respect one another, how we're kind to one another. This is where as a church, as the church, the big C, this is where we've got to get a hold of the idea that we have got to show the world something different than the arguing and the complaining and the ranting and the trolling. And we've got to get over on the fact that I don't care what if you believe in Jesus and I believe in Jesus, that makes us family. And if we're family, we can we can, we can hash a lot of this stuff out when we get to heaven. But right now we got a world to win and we need to win it by showing that we love one another and we're going to be good to one another. That's how this works. And it doesn't just work in here. It works out there. So next week, we'll we'll pick this up. What does it mean to be a strong Christian? What does it mean to look like Jesus? And here's what I believe. I believe that you guys, Wednesday night, I believe you can handle this. I believe we're growing up as a church, and I believe we can handle something a little bit stronger, and you're watching online, we're going, we're going to throw it out there. I believe we can chew it up and swallow it, because it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be good for us. It's not gummy bears and Coke, but it's going to be good for us, and we're going to be all right. Would you bow your heads with me for a second? If you came this evening, or you're watching online, you said, you know what, Alan? I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know that I'm right with him. Said your bowed and eyes are closed, and please no one leaving. If you're here and you say, you know what, I, I, I want to have that relationship with him, or I want to be sure of that relationship with him, would you? Would, I, I want to be a part of your prayers. That's you that are talking to. I, I want to give you an opportunity, but I want to pray with you. But I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm simply going to ask you to acknowledge that. Say, yes, that's what I want. Would you pray for me? Would you just quickly slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, that's me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, anybody else? Great, thank you, got it. Wonderful, you can put your hands down, we're gonna pray. Obviously, I can't see those of you who are online, but as we're here, and uh, if you're online and, and watching with us, and you're saying, hey, I, I want this. Hey, listen, right where you are, no different, No distance, right where you are, this is a prayer for you. If you didn't lift your hand and you wanted to, you can still pray this prayer. We're gonna pray with you as a church. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have, I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ, creation in Christ. because I've said yes to you. Yes. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Thank you, Father, for those who've come back home, who've come to you for the very first time. We rejoice with them. And Father, thank you that you've given us the capacity to be ones that can say, we're strong. We're strong in you. Give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.